You happy to be here this morning? Tracy, stay right where you are for a second. Miss Rhoda, would you come down here with me for just a minute? I'm going to put her on the spot. I want you to... I want... <laughs> I want you to tell them what you told me this morning in the kitchen. Well, back around October of this past year, my, my left shoulder started hurting me so bad, I couldn't move it no more than this and out no more than this, and I couldn't put it back at all. And uh, I thought at first it was bursitis, so they gave me a shot, but it didn't work. And through tests and all that, come to find out that I had two tears in my rotator cuff back here in the back and it was going to require surgery well i had been going i've been going for several months to the physical therapist just to keep it to where i can move it but i didn't have full range and uh, he he called me up one sunday morning and he prayed for my shoulder i, I very well remember that and from that point until now God has been healing my shoulder. Amen. I don't have to have surgery no more. And look, guys, <laughs> all the way up and all the way back, I couldn't do that at all this Amen. past year. And I told Pastor, I said, you know, we need to uh, claim our healing, but when God heals us, it's just as important to tell people, tell everybody that you see that God has healed you Amen. because that's just as Amen. I love you guys and I praise God for all that He's done Amen. for me. Come on, sing love Jesus. You. Yeah. Come on, sing that with us. Amen. Well, you could be worse places, right? You happy to be here? I am so grateful. I, I, I'm telling you, I love our church. And the reason I love our church is not because I pastor it. I love it because I'm surrounded by real people, just real people. Uh, I've had my taste of fake. I've been around it my whole life since I got saved, and, and I've been around the show, and I've been around it all. But I love being around real people, and, uh, and I'm grateful for you. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to what God's going to do with us today. Amen. Are you excited about today? Yes. Memorial Day weekend. I'm going to do my best to get you out of here and get you home to your hot dogs. Um, but the truth is, is that's not why we have Memorial Day. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not just so we can celebrate something. It's, it's very specific. And, you know, we live, we live in a country full of freedom, and people died for that. So let's not lose that in the mix here. We, we've lost a lot of people to maintain the freedom that we get to enjoy. And, and although the climate of our country doesn't really um, talk like that anymore, we will, praise the Lord, because there was bloodshed not just for our salvation. There was bloodshed for this nation. And uh, we want to just remember that this weekend. Amen. Prison Break Part 5. Are you ready to wrap this up? I'm, I don't know if, if y'all ready to wrap it up or just ready to hear. Uh, but here we go. Uh, take your Bibles and go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Um, I've got a lot of scripture to get to today. But the truth is, uh, we're going to go where the Holy Ghost wants us to go, right? I sent you to 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, yeah. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, say in, in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. You know, as he is in this world, 
uh, so are we. And I want to talk to you today about, we've talked about prison break. We've, we've gone over several things. We talked about the great escape, how even, even a lion when it's captured may lose a lot of its facilities and abilities. However, it's still a lion. Amen. So no matter where you are in your life, you're still what God created you to be. You just got to wake it back up. Uh, the second thing we dealt with was getting free from you. Getting free from how you think about yourself and all the things that you do to yourself. The, the next service was about getting free from they. Because they always got something to say, right? Then we dealt with getting free from it. Because all y'all got to it. You just may not want to be honest about it. And that's okay. But everybody's got something they wrestle with. And today we're talking about the final part of this. We're talking about what it takes once you get out of that cage to stay out. We're talking about how to maintain your freedom. Amen? A lot of people get free, but not a lot, a lot of people stay free. And I want to make this, 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 I want to say this to you, and I want you to hear me. Uh, you can believe something and never live up to it. There's a whole lot of churches full of a whole lot of people that believe something, but they're not living up to it. Because they're trying to live up to it through service or through works. And I believe in works. Don't get me wrong. I believe you got saved under good works. However, those good works aren't your salvation. I believe you should. To me, I believe your service to, the, to, to what the Lord's called you to do and to the church you're a part of should be more important than your job. I'm not saying you should lose your job over it. I'm saying you, if, you, if you ain't late to work, you shouldn't be late to church, right? Ooh, half y'all. Lord Jesus, I'm going to get back up here. Um, <laughs> because here's the thing. You might expect a paycheck from somebody, and that's the only relationship you have, but you get to expect the blessing from God. And that's everything that can touch your life. So you can believe something and not live up to it, but through Jesus you can do all things. So you have to solidify that relationship with him to see everything in your life give you the ability through him to live up to that. So in 2 Corinthians, we just read it. Look at it. Now that I've said those things, look at, look at it this way. There, if any man be in Christ, y'all heard me talk about being in Christ last week. He's a what? New creature or creation. Old things pass away. All things become new. Now, if you, if you write in your Bible, underline this and out to the beside of it, write these words. Now, you've heard me preach this before, but I want you to hear these two words. My position. This is your position. If you can get your position right, your position repairs your condition. We have spent years in the church trying to fix conditions. But that's not our job. Our job is to teach you what your position is. And your position is seated at the right hand of the Father. You're in Christ. And if, if you can begin to see yourself there, you can begin to see yourself how he created you to be. Now, here's the thing. I've said this to you before again. I'm, I'm bringing out some stuff that... I've hit before and just kept moving, but it's time we really narrow this down. Uh, we were sitting at my house yesterday, Brian and I, and we were talking, and, and this came up with something I used to preach a long time ago. But here's the thing. When you walk outside and you see the trees and the grass and the birds, especially right out here because there's birds with a nest and they'll dive bomb you, so be careful. <laughs> we mace those things. They must have wanted to be on the church property because we did everything pro you know, to get rid of them. But anyway, everything out there, listen to this. Everything out there is working and growing to its fullest capacity except us. Everything on the planet is working to its fullest capacity except for the very thing that God created to overcome. Because here's why. Because those things never question who they are. 
And the enemy has gotten you so questioning who you are. Well, I don't, I'm, I'm new to all this church stuff. doesn't matter. You were doing it before you ever heard about Jesus. Because what you do is you find yourself in a mirror and you find every flaw you have. Somebody tells you, you can be anything you want, and you start finding reasons why you can't. You start walking into something new. You start walking onto a new job or a new career or a new situation, and you start reminding yourself of all your failures, and all the nerves come up, and everything's going, and this has gone wrong, and oh God, they're going to be disappointed in me. Y'all, none of those things are real. But we create this stuff in our brain, and we make ourselves get out of position because what we want to do is we want to get over into a place that things feel right. And if you go by your feelings, you're failing because your feelings will mess you up. Your feelings, that's the voice of your soul. Your conscience is the voice of your spirit. You can't get over into a place where you're living in soulish condemnation and your emotions get the best of you and walk in the best of the Holy Spirit because the connection may still be connected, but your position's not right. If you take a spark plug, now I'm not a mechanic, but I know this. If you take a spark plug and you take the boot and you don't pop it all the way down on that thing, it still kind of runs, but it's not getting full fire because it's not in the proper position. And that is how Christianity works. And it is exactly how the enemy has stopped what God's doing in our life from the moment that he met Adam. Now, what about Eve? Well, Eve... Listen to me, Eve should have been the offspring of Adam, where Adam was the offspring of God. So when Eve failed, God didn't intervene. It was when Adam failed because Adam was given dominion, not Eve. So when, now, now listen to me, what Satan did, what Satan did in the Garden of Eden was exactly the opposite of what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. Satan began to make people question who they were. Jesus went into the garden and prayed until blood came through his forehead because he knew who he was and he was fighting everything to stay there. And let me tell you something. If Jesus had a little stress, you're going to have a little stress. We live this life of faith and we preach this stuff like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a man of faith and power and, and I walk in the anointing. Yeah, but you're still human. You still live in a planet. You still, I mean, you're not so spiritual that you float your garbage to the road. April says that all the time. People think that. They come in there, yeah, but, but y'all, are the, y'all have no idea what we go through to pastor a church. And the truth is, is we enjoy it. It's what we're called to do. But we're still human just like everybody else. And when you don't stay in your position, listen now, when you don't stay in your proper position with God, you begin to tell people what you think versus what thus saith the Lord. And when you begin to tell people what you think versus what you know in your heart, you begin to move over into a place where you now have put yourself in Jesus' position. You've moved out of him to in front of him. Y'all, are y'all with me? So, so here's what we got to see. We got, now, this ain't going to be a fun one. I hope y'all okay. <laughs> if, y'all, if y'all came to run today, just put your feet up. Y'all can dive in the pool later. So, if everything is working the way that it was purposed to work except for us, we got some things to fix. And those, listen to me, here's the beautiful thing about Jesus. The things that we have to fix aren't so full of works, but they are full of effort. Because it takes effort to stop telling yourself you're not worthy. 
It takes effort to stop telling yourself how you're not good enough. It takes effort to find the right position in your church to get locked in. It takes effort to put yourself around. Listen, let me tell you something. And this is just the truth. Everybody, I, had a, I got a friend of mine that I, I talk to all the time. And, and he said this uh, just the other day. Matt Gober has said these exact words to me. But somebody else said this just the other day. That's why I was reminded of it. He said, everybody needs an Alan Bailey in their life. Until they have an Alan Bailey in their life. <laughs> now I don't know if that's a compliment or not. But it's true because everybody wants to attain. But nobody wants to get in the position to attain. Success is not thousands of people in a church. That's not success. Success is you reminded me on Tuesday in Walmart what I said on Sunday. That's success. Because I've spent years in churches and I've done this myself where we had fun and we shouted and we had a good time and ran all around the building but I couldn't tell you a thing the preacher said and that went on for weeks and we were having a great time and we were blessed internally but we couldn't relay the love of Jesus to anybody because we didn't know nothing amen so what we got to do is we got to understand you have been given authority when Jesus died he gave you all authority he handed it to you your job is to crank it up and ride it, man. You've been given that to use it for a reason. But you got to use it in him with his direction, with his understanding, not through your own arrogance, ego, or, or way of doing things. Now, I want let me get a little more scripture in you because y'all looking at me funny. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. Now, I love this text. We're going to read it in the Amplified here in just a second, but I love this because my primary anointing and grace is to preach sonship. So I want to try to break this down for you a little bit. Beloved, now, uh, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is, and every man that has put, his, put, uh, put this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. Now, the Amplified says it this way. Now, I'm reading the Amplified Classic, so it may be a little different from what he puts up there. Beloved, we are here and now God's children. That The translation should be sons. It's not yet disclosed or made clear what we shall be hereafter. But we know that when he comes and is manifested, listen right here, we shall as God's children or God's sons resemble and be like who? him that's your job for we shall see him as he what really is and everyone who has this hope resting on him cleanses or purifies himself just as he is pure you see that holy undefiled and guiltless in the bible you see this a lot you see when somebody has an issue or a sickness, or they're blind, or different things. A lot of the times, the history was, well, what did your family do to bring that on you? And that is the mindset of most people. And Satan has twisted that, that if you have a car wreck, or if your tires, or you blew the motor in your car, or your kids cuss you out before they go to school, or whatever, the, the mindset is, what did I do wrong? You do realize, now, now listen, I want, I want to give you all some real deep revelation. The greatest church split in history was in heaven, and it wasn't for lack of leadership. 
Amen. Don't shout me down while I'm preaching. Pretty good. There was leadership in heaven, yet a third took off because they had their own ideas. Now, what's happening today isn't the fact that there's this, this migration away from the church. There is, but that's not what we're talking about. What Satan has done is parlayed that over into a mindset into the church that nobody will come to the altar anymore because they're afraid of what somebody will say. They're approval addicted. We talked about that two weeks ago. And the thing is this. If you see Jesus for who he is, which is what this text talked about, and you're supposed to be like him, life should become a whole lot easier for you, at least inside your heart. Amen. See, what we've done is we've done this. Now, now look, I'm going to say some things today, and I don't want to offend anybody, but we build 20,000-member churches today on small groups, and those are fine. I, I got great friends that do that. They're called to do that. They're anointed to do it. But I started to do it here, and the Lord, he got all over me, and this is what he said. He said, you cannot replace discipleship with fellowship because people need to know who they are, not just who they're hanging out with. Because the truth is, is when you build things, on, when, when the entire focus is, is just on you hanging out, you've just switched parties. Amen. You still party and just with a different group of people just for a different reason. Because ultimately you have to understand why you do the things that you do. Now I love this in, in verse 3. And everyone who has this hope or who has seen who Jesus is, that they... Uh, confidently placed in himself, uh, purifies himself just as he is pure, holy, undefiled, and guiltless. Now, I guarantee you that if I just pass the microphone around, not one of us could say that we fully are there because all of us find wrong within us. Now, this is what I'm really good at. I'm really good at not stressing over stuff. I'm really good at it. I'm so good at it, April's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Do you not even care about anything? Well, I'm not saying that I, I don't care. What I'm saying is if he's God and I'm trusting him, I have to. At some point, I have to make the leap. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't cut your grass or paint your house or do the things you got to do. But what I'm saying is Jesus lived the life. Listen to me now. He was in a garden bleeding great drops of blood for you, stressing for you. You know what was happening in the garden? 1 Peter 5 and 7 was happening in the garden, casting the whole of his care on him because he cares for you. Because he couldn't have gone and endured all of that had he had care in his heart. Because here's what's happening. When you get care in your heart, and I'm talking about the kind of care where you're caring about things God told you to quit caring about. You begin to move over into offense. You get offended about everything. You get your feelings hurt at every turn. Something's wrong all the time. And you're so suspicious nobody can talk to you. I'm going to tell you, man, I grew up that way. I grew up in a house, a house full of people suspicious about everything. Uh, superstitious, suspicious, worried, mad, angry. My mama, I love my mama. And if she was here, I'd still tell this story. I ain't scared of her. How old is she? She's 76. So I don't know. She's old, I know that. But she, uh, well, she is. <laughs> she knows. She sees the mirror. But she, I don't mean it like that. She just, I mean, what is it? Somebody call my mom. I'm going to have to apologize. But <laughs> what I'm saying is this. My mama, 
so suspicious and superstitious that she, she used to drive up and she smokes still. So if you, the inside of her windows, you know, if you've ever smoked, you got the inside, the windows all fogged up or whatever. And if she gets anywhere near a black cat, y'all know this, she's going to put the X on the window. When she get to my house, she looked like she played 13 games of tic-tac-toe. <laughs> mama, mama, where are you seeing all these cats? They everywhere. <laughs> you cannot be watching the road to see all these cats. But that's how people think. They, they try to find a demon or a devil under every rock, and what they're missing is it's not really about what the demonic activity, there is demonic activity, but they're so focused on it, they miss where they're missing it. Because if your heart was fully focused on Jesus, none of that stuff, that stuff would just fall away. Amen. I have learned this one thing in my years of going to Canaan land and teaching in jails and doing the things that I've done. I've learned that I can go in and demand boldly that spirits do not operate in my presence, which I have done. Or I can walk in the love of Jesus and just watch things not operate because I'm walking in him, not me. See, because a lot of people want to make a ministry out of what they do, and they're missing what he's doing. Oh, preacher, we, we just need, preacher, we just need a move of God. No, we don't. We need to, he's already moving. We just need to step over into it. How do you do that? You do that with worship. You do that with rest. You do that with understanding your position. And when you get your position right, everything else lines up. Because, listen, the church is in love with behavior. Why you do this? Why you say that? Why you got this? Why you do that? Why you do If the church would get in love with Jesus and you would get in love with Jesus, your behavior would eventually line up. Amen. Because, listen, this is, this is just the truth. The law of attraction says that you become like the person that's the strongest in the relationship. That's just true. You ever had anybody in your life that, I know I've seen it in high school, I've seen it in my family, I've seen it with different people, when they're, they're, uh, they start dating someone or, or they're going out or whatever, all of a sudden, within a few months, they start losing themselves and they start acting like the person they're going out with. And all of a sudden, you see, some, yeah, I hear mamas all the time, oh, she just, it's, she's just not herself. I hear, I hear mama say, my son, he started dating this girl. They're not doing anything bad, but it's just, he, it doesn't talk like he used to talk like her. It's because you become like the strongest person in the relationship. That's the law of attraction. Well, when you fall in love with Jesus, you become more like him. Amen. So my question is this. How many of us are really in love with him or we just have a fire policy? <laughs> Pull your toes in. It's fixing to get real. <laughs> David throws his on out there. Get them all, preacher, get them all. Get that pinky out there too. Listen, when it's one thing to go to church. It's another thing to go to him. See, what we've done is we've decided if we go to church, everything's all right. Well, I guess people in China are messed up because they can't go to church. We have to get to a place that he is so real to us that we're willing to fall in love with him like he... He would be so stressed that blood would fall down his face before he went to the cross. He would endure a beating. Listen, let me just deal with this beating, okay? The, you know, when, when, you, when you deal with the law at that time, they could only give him 39 lashes. Pastor Horton, am I right? 39? They, could only, could, they couldn't go past, they couldn't go to 40 because of the law, correct? They couldn't. Yeah, they didn't want to go to the 40 because they would then break the law. They didn't want to do that. Now, First of all, I've been in jail. I know y'all are all holy and pure, but I've been in jail. And, and I've been in a bad jail. 
and, and, and all the things that were lawful, they wasn't happening in that jail. I got beat up, pushed around, and knocked around. And so you can't tell me that when Jesus was on the whipping post and they're supposed to stop at 39, that in a demonic possessed state that they were counting. You do understand if you'll get into the book of Isaiah that he had to carry his own internal organs. Y'all ever been cut right here? This is thin. He did that for you. Listen, he didn't do it just for you to go to heaven. He did it so you could be free. He did it so you wouldn't have to look at yourself in the mirror and find problems. He did it so you could look at yourself and say, I am everything you made me to be. Help me line up. Help me get in my position that my life lines up. See, because we can talk about our insecurities and we can talk about what they say and we can talk about the things that hold us, but we've been given a Savior that fixes it all. But the only thing that's going to happen is falling in love with him. Now, here's the thing. Faith works by what? Come on, word of faith, people. Faith works by what? Love. Faith works by love. It comes by hearing, but it works by love. Now, peace, on the other hand, how does peace work? Forgiveness. Fufu. Y'all remember my message on fufu? Y'all made fun of me. F-U-F-U, forgive. No, fifi, not fufu. Fifi. I got so many weird messages, y'all don't even know what's in there. You probably don't need to. Fifi, because we were making fun of the dog. I'm, am I on my own? Y'all get, you, hey, get your mom my mic. See if it had to take over. Fifi was my message. Forgive everybody for everything. It's real simple. People say, oh, don't you want your ministry to grow? Well, of course I do. Well, well, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing I'm, I'm doing, I just do what he asked me to do. Because I know this. It's not about what we do to get people. It's what we give people when they get here. And we got to give them Jesus. We can't give them just church. People have seen church. They've been to church. They've been to boring church. They've been to lively church. They've been to pretty churches. They've been to not-so-pretty churches. They've been to 30-minute services. They've been to three-hour services. If you've been with Pastor Tracy, you've been in seven-hour services. We've been in all that stuff. But the truth is we make church the way we want it when really it's an opportunity to come tell him how much you love him. And to remind him of all the things he brought you out of last week. It's not to come in here and say, Lord, just get me through next week. This is supposed to be the battle station. This is supposed to be where we come report. Now, let me explain something to you. The Bible says, whose report will you believe? You know what that word report means? That's not the docket. You ever seen fireworks? You ever seen a bomb go off? The actual explosion, a bottle rocket, something simple? The actual pop or the, the beauty of it, you know, that's called the report. And the beauty of Jesus, that was the report for you. That he took it so you didn't have to. He took it. Listen, listen, please, please if you don't, if, remember this. He went to the cross as you, not for you. Which means he took the sentence that you keep pronouncing on yourself. He took the pain that you keep bringing back. You are a speaking spirit. You have been given the same authority and power that Adam had and that Jesus had. 
And you keep bringing up things that God wants dead, and you keep giving them life. Well, preacher, I just don't believe that word stuff. Okay. What do you say about your marriage, and how is it? What do you say about your job, and how is it? What do you say about your life, your preacher, your pastor, your, your people in your life, your kids? What do you say about the? What do you say, and how is it? Because if it's chaos, but you're all the time talking about, I can't get these kids under control. Y'all, this ain't rocket surgery. <laughs> I wonder how many people are going to get that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's just kind of settling into the room now. Now they're like, oh. <laughs> that is the ignorance of how we do things. We know a little something. And we think because we know a little something, we know everything. And it amazes me the amount of Christians, listen to me, it amazes me the amount of Christians that will tell you how you're supposed to be, but they can't tell you any Bible. Y'all, this is not between you and people, it's between you and Him. Amen. Yeah, I'm not saying you shouldn't be a part of a church and under a pastor and learning and, and being in a discipleship process. Those are all necessary. But the most thing that's necessary is to let God to begin to pluck the roots out of you of everything that's holding you back.